Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcast on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Welcome to the Black Hereford Chronicles with Jen Hill. Here we discuss all things Black Hereford. Join me for in-depth conversations and insightful interviews relevant to your Black Hereford operation. Hey there, everyone. For this episode, I brought on American Black Hereford Executive Director Ernie Dominguez. We talked about EPDs, breed promotion, and owning our breed language. Looking at you, Baldy. I think you'll find this was an interesting conversation. I had some mic issues on my end, so I sound a little bit quiet and off. But luckily, Ernie did most of the talking anyway. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google so you don't miss an episode. Now let's dig into what's happening with the ABHA. I am here today with Ernie Dominguez, the Executive Director of the American Black Hereford Association, and we're going to chat about both what's going on with the association and his role in it. So Ernie, you've been with the association about a year and a half now, but there's probably some members who don't know you super well. Why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself and what your history is with the industry? You bet. Well, thanks again for having me. I think this is a really great, you know, vehicle for communication that you're using here. So I'm super excited about what you're doing with this podcast. But uh, for all our ABHA members, friends, those that are maybe considering joining the association, as Jennifer said, my name is Ernie Dominguez. I grew up in a small farm in deep South Texas. So if you think about the state of Texas, the southernmost tip 
by uh, the border. There's a town called Mercedes, and that's where I'm from. I'm a third-generation cattle guy. In fact, my family, we grew cotton on our place for a number of years. Of course, it was a hay baling um you know, kind of program. And then we ran Charlay and Brahmin cattle and a lot of times crossed those to make Charbray cattle. Uh, in high school, I played sports there. Uh, you know, when our school is a 4A, so that's really not super big. It's not super small. So you can still do a lot of things. And that's when I got introduced to 4-H and FFA. So it was a little bit later in school than maybe some that start at eight or nine years old. And so I started showing cattle then in high school and I showed Brahmin and Maine and Jute cattle. So a little bit of best of both worlds there in terms of short haired and long haired cattle. Um, you know, today we run several breeds of cattle in our place. We have about, I guess about a hundred head of registered and commercial cattle. And so you've probably, uh, through involvement here, I've been involved with many breed associations. And so, um, I've, I've been, uh, I guess associated and familiar with, and we'll kind of talk a little bit later, probably about my interest in breed associations. But for those of you that are on social media, you probably notice I do a little bit of cattle judging. And so I do that and, um, you know, rest assured, uh, if you don't know me yet, you know, I, I get at heart, I'm a cattle guy. And so just because I'm affiliated with the, the show industry doesn't mean that I look at cattle specifically in a show way. Um, at the end of the day, they have to make good cattle and produce for you at home. And so whenever I look at cattle in a show setting, I'm trying to, to take the best of both and then look at something that has some look and eye appeal for those that are in the show thing, but also cattle that are going to be functional, practical, and return some dollars to you in your program at the end of the day. So that's just kind of my philosophy there. But uh, I've grown up with livestock uh, I, I have a passion for the industry in agriculture, and I know that, you know, at the end of the day, we're raising, I think, a better generation of people also in this industry, more so than cattle. And that's going to be super important for our future uh, in our country down the road. So then how did you wind up with the ABHA? So that's a funny question. So over the last few years, I've been kind of planting the seed with some friends that I have in the industry and just telling them that, you know, I'm really interested in what associations can do for their members and for the industry. And so, you know, if they ever heard of a position opening up with an association that I would be very interested in doing that. And so, um, there was one day where a friend of mine called me and he said, Hey, I know the ABHA is hiring an executive director. Would you be interested? And so then uh, I kind of threw my hat in, so to speak, and I kind of put a resume and a cover letter to Carol Durrell and said, I'd be interested, expressed my interest. And, and so um, then after that, uh, I was fortunate enough to get an interview and I got to meet with the board and it was a very educational, um, you know, opportunity to just really get to know the board members a little bit about what the association was doing, you know, the challenges and issues the association faced. And then more than anything, the promise and the opportunity there is for this association. And when you're taking really, you know, two, you know, very popular and breeds that have been around a long time and getting the best of both. And so that was very, very interesting to me. And, um, you know, in, in anything I've ever done, I've always, you know, liked to build something either from scratch or build upon. And I think this association with the history of being around over 25 years and, um, you know, just again, the history of it and where it started and how it's kind of come into where it is today. There's just so much opportunity to kind of take it to a whole nother level. And so that's, that excites me a lot. And there's just so many members here for those that I've gotten to meet. Uh, you guys are awesome. Those that I haven't, I look forward to meeting you, but there's just a genuine enthusiasm and positivity and excitement for what's to come. I mean, everybody's enjoying where we are today, but there's a lot more we can do. And so that's very exciting. I've never been one to shy away from poking a few jokes at show jocks, but I will say that your judging experience definitely has given you the ability to talk and to speak about the cattle and to speak about the association in a way that I think we are really benefiting from. 
Well, yeah. thank you. I think you mentioned that. Um, I don't know if many people know this, but for our Southern Classic Texas sale uh, on April 1st, uh, that was my first time on the block. I've never done that before, but I had a blast. It was so fun. And so um, I was talking to a member the other day and he was telling me that I, I did a good job and I really appreciate that. And I said it was my first time and he couldn't believe it. So uh, I may have uh, used a few words over and over again. And I apologize for that. But that's also, um, you know, the quality of the cattle is just so good. And, and so when you have a good foundation, of, you know, sound and functional, practical, good footed cattle, good structured. You're probably going to say that a lot. And then it's just from there, you, you want to have, you know, some good, you know, body and, and build and of course some muscle shape and all those things. And so, um, I'll tell you one thing real quick. One thing that in talking to a lot of members, what they've told me is just the quality of the cattle has gotten so good and improved so much in just, I don't know, five years time. And so it's just exciting to think where we'll go from here. Uh, the demand is super high right now. And so it's a very exciting time. Well, I don't know if you can be talking about cattle in 2022 without using the buzzword maternal over and over and over. Yeah. Maternal, um, you know, okay. I say this in the show ring a lot too, is that, uh, yeah, there are a lot of bulls out there. There's a lot of, you know, AI sires that we've got our, you know, we've got our fair share, but there's always that one cow, that one cow produces that cow. You can, you could use, you know, a hundred straws of this one bull and spread it around your herd. But again, it's that one cow. And if it works, it works. And, but the maternal, you need those maternal, you know, characteristics and features and just good uttered, good bagging, good milking cattle that are going to then, produce, you know, pounds for you at the end of the day on that offspring and progeny. So yeah, maternal is super important. There's no doubt about that. And definitely a buzzword right now. Yes. And it should be because I think, you know, when you get away from that, you pay for it. You know, no pun intended there, but you do. So now that you've been in this role for a while now, how would you define the role of the ABHA and what would you say their purpose is in the wider industry? Yeah. So, you know, for any association, large or small, I really believe it's twofold. You know, first and foremost, we're here to register cattle and, of course, take your memberships. You know, we need your memberships to help grow an association. Um, so that's extremely important. And I think second is the ABHA is here to connect our members with and their cattle with the industry. So. What I mean by that is, you know, we're a vehicle to reach, advocate, promote all those things, what the breed has to offer to all consumers in the market. And so whether that's commercial feedlot, registered farms and ranches, large and small and everything in between, you know, we are a vehicle to help do that. And so, um, you know, for our association and our size and where we are today, I think it's extremely important. You look at, you're, you're flanked by an Angus and an AHA association. They're so big and, and, you know, maybe for a member, if you're in a part of those associations, there's nothing wrong with that. They have their place, but you may not feel like you maybe have a, a voice or can pick up the phone and call and talk to, you know, someone like myself uh, at those associations. And so I, I really appreciate our size. There's no doubt we're going to grow because we are. Um, but I think if you're, you know, interested in getting involved, like you have in, you know, in a committee or launching a podcast, you know, you have those opportunities in this association. And I'll also say it's so important that we have volunteers and members that are interested in, and taking their passions and their skills and their, you know, strong suits and lending them here because we could really use them. And I think that's what it's going to take, you know, um, because of our size, we don't have a large team of paid staff that can, you know, do soup to nuts, can do our marketing communication, our journal publications, our social media, you name it. And so we rely heavily on our volunteers to help us do that. But I think it also makes it super cool. Uh, so I think that's really um, what, you know, our role is. And I would say, you know, if you want to boil it down to what's your mission, it's, you know, how do we promote Black Herford genetics? How do we document the pedigrees and performance information? 
and protect it and keep it, you know, the integrity of it. And then supporting our youth development. Youth development is so important for the future of this breed, but then also just in the industry uh, in general. And then we you know, want to provide, you know, really good customer service to our members too. Along the line of needing volunteers, especially in an association of this size, if people are listening to this and just starting to think about ways that they might like to get involved, where should they go? Yeah, if you're interested in getting involved, there's a couple ways to do that. One is to reach out to me. You know, I can help connect our members and, and kind of think about where your interests are and where a good fit might be. And then you can always reach out to board members and, you know, Rod is our president or any of the board members and express your interest, especially as we think about, um, you know, we're talking about committees, but, you know, over this next year, I believe there's two positions on our board for anybody who's interested, you know, our current board members could decide to run again. Uh, but, you know, you could also, as a member, express your interest in doing that as well if you want to be in that kind of a position. So there's different levels of, you know, time commitment based on those, you know, different positions within the association. But just reach out to me or reach out to any of the board members if you're interested in pitching in and lending a hand uh, for the association. So getting involved in all of these things and working within the association what would you say has surprised you the most? You didn't come in as a black Hereford breeder, which by the way, I think is ideal for your position means you're above the politics, but what has really surprised you? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. Um, I do believe that, um, it's an advantage not being a black Herford breeder. Although I will say, Jen, it's getting harder and harder to not jump in. I go to these sales and um, see the quality of the cattle, the opportunity. And I think, gosh, you know, I wish I could do this. Uh, although maybe one day I will. But what that also allows me to do is I often talk to people that are interested in getting in. And I tell them that now's the time. There's so many members I've talked to that said and have told me that they wish they got started earlier or sooner. And so now's the time to get in if you're you know considering it. Um, I think, you know, what's... Hmm. That's, you know, a really good question. What surprised me the most? I probably, you know what? I think, I think it's just been the, the passion on both sides. Right. I mean, look, I'm, I'm a person that never wants to be surrounded by a bunch of yes people. And I don't, I don't believe as a leader that that's the best team of people to have, because then you never really get the best ideas. And so in no different than any other association. And I think I said this at our national meeting, no different than probably your family. Not everyone's always going to agree. And I think that's okay. Um, now you have to do that. I believe in a respectful way. And I think there's ways to do that, but you know, our members don't always you know, all agree and that's great. You know, we have to have different opinions and ideas. And I hope that, you know, we provide, um, really a place for that because again, I want to make sure we get the best ideas. I believe our board wants the best ideas, even if we don't agree, you deliberate those and then you come back and you make a decision. And then, you know, ultimately, you know, if it's not the decision you wanted to, you know, to, to have as the outcome, you can respect that and move on. But I do believe also it's important that when we don't agree on something, we say, okay, we can't do this, but here's why. And then, you know, perhaps you can come around one day and then, you know, move forward. Maybe it's a timing thing. And a lot of times it is a timing thing. So I think, you know, the, the thing that's just really surprised me the most is just the passion across this association the breeders and the members and just, you know, everybody wants the same thing. It's just, how do we get there? And I think that's, you know, the really the challenge and the interesting part of this role in my position is, you know, being a facilitator of all those ideas and thoughts and taking those and, and voicing those opinions for everyone, because I want to make sure everybody has a voice and then, you know, working with the board to then deliberate those and then figure out how we can do as many of those things as possible. Um, without compromising the things we talked about, you know, the integrity and, and all those things. But um, I, I think this association is really poised to, 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 to do those things because, again, of our size, where we are today, and just the opportunity we have in front of us. 
I see some really cool opportunities for new people coming in that might be the first ones to experience them. We've been doing this for about a decade now. And when we first got in, the genetics available were pretty limited. So a lot of people that were coming in were starting at the ground floor, starting with those F1s and breeding them back. And people coming in now, that's still absolutely an option. And I encourage the heck out of it. But there's a lot of great Black Hereford genetics that exist right now, too. And we're in a better position for someone new coming in to be able to hit the ground running with what's already established out there. Really better than it has ever been. And it's going to lead, I think, to some really explosive growth here soon. I believe that 100 percent. There's just... You know, like you said, Jen, I mean, and I've already I've said this a few times, and I guess I'll continue to. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of enthusiasm. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of momentum. And that's not just even within our association, our members. That's outside of this association. People are taking notice. And I think there's a lot more cattle out there. When you talk about the F1s that uh, we don't know about, that people are starting to dabble in it. And they're trying to see what are we going to do? What decisions are we making? What direction are we going to go? And then they'll decide, you know, where they go from there. But there's there's a lot of interest out there. Well, for people that are listening that might be concerned about acceptance of the breed. Now, I know when we started 10 years ago, we got laughed at a lot. We had to explain it a lot. But we don't get laughed at hardly at all anymore. And I've even noticed as far as promoting on social media, if I put out an ABHA post like the other day, I shared the ABHA more than a baldy post into a general cattle group, not a breed specific group. And the comments weren't great. They were, you know, there was that meme that's been around for a while. People in the comments weren't super supportive. But the ABHA's official page grew massively, like 8,000% more followers than the previous week's growth. So people are quietly supportive. And we just have to keep reminding them that we're here and we're legitimate and ignore the obnoxious naysayers because people are genuinely curious about what we're doing. Absolutely. And you know, I'm glad you did that because something I've heard and that I've gathered from our members or some is this whole fear of the whole baldy thing. Right. And I don't think we should be afraid of that because we have a story of, well, we aren't just a baldy, right? We've got these two breeds that make up this breed. It's not, uh, you know, these composite crossbred breeds that, you know, yeah, you can make a baldy, but they have all these different things that, that you know, come up, really come up with and, and create that. We've got, it, it boils down to breeds and very popular breeds that people know a lot of the advantages of those two. There's a reason why they're so big. And like I said earlier, we're just taking the best of both worlds and making it even better. So I don't think we should be afraid of that. Yeah. And we need to take our terms and define them. And that's across the whole agriculture sector right now. We've allowed people to take our terms and define them for us. Look at sustainable and the way ag is now scared of the word sustainable. Well, if we take that back and define it ourselves, it puts us in a better position because we've always been sustainable. Well, the same thing goes for Baldy. If we take that term back and define it ourselves and own it, it's what people already know and they're already comfortable with the term. So let's show them what it can be. Exactly. That's beautifully put. Mm -hmm. So give us an update on the state of the breed. Where is the association and the breed at right now? Well, I, I don't want to make it sound like this is a state of the union, but the state of the breed is strong. You're and looking I would awfully say, young and healthy to be giving the state of the union right now. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, in contrast to, right? Um, <laughs> we won't go there, but yeah, no, it's strong, but it's growing. You know, um, if you look at memberships, you look at registrations, they're double digit growth right now, just compared to last year. 
If you look at the demand, so I'll say one of the biggest challenges in putting that Texas or Southern Classic sale, it's not just a Texas sale. We had we had breeders from six different states participate in that sale. The hardest part was putting together enough cattle to actually have a sale. And the reason for that was because members aren't having a very hard time selling the cattle on their own. Again, the demand is high. And so that makes it challenging. It's a good problem. It makes it challenging for us to put a sale on, but for the members, it's a great problem, you know, because the demand is there and they can sell them on, on their own. And so um, I get calls. I've got a couple feeders that have called and they want, you know, over a hundred head per month. And it's, you know, how do you fill those orders? You know, there's just, there's a lot of demand. And so, um, you know, I, I, could you, you know, could you, would you want to grow faster? Well, sure. But then there's also challenges with that too. Um, but I think the way we're growing in a, in the clip that we're growing in double digit you know, numbers and percentages, I mean, it's just, it's phenomenal. And you look at just our revenues from, you know, over last year today to today are just tremendous. And again, all that is a trickled up or down effect based on what we've already talked about in terms of registrations and, and our memberships. But that also means our DNA and the genetic testing that's being done by our members, all that contributes to, you know, our association funds. And so there's just like, like we've already been talking about, there's no better time to get in. Uh, in fact, you know, if you wait too long, then it's probably going to be more costly. Um, but boy, it's just phenomenal in terms of the interest, the demand, um, it just, you can't be, you couldn't be happier where we are today. And, you know, in our junior program, I think, you know, when you talk to those uh, junior members and, and why they could get involved in a lot of associations, right. And, you know, why they chose this breed and this association, uh, in last year is my first junior nationals. And so I, I made it a point to walk around and talk to each and just ask them what, you know, what do they love about the breed and why they chose the breed and the association. And, you know, they talk about a lot of the things that you talk about just from, you know, the, the docility, um, you know, just, you know, the maternal, you know, all those things that we've already been talking about, but then also just the association in what I mentioned earlier about because of its size, there's an opportunity to actually be someone to make an impact, to do something positively. And, um, I think as a people, we probably use a lot of those same uh, things I just shared to, to make decisions to join or be a part of a lot of different things. I remember when I decided what college to go to, I didn't, I could have gone to an A&M, I could have gone to a, a university of Texas here in Texas, but I didn't want to be just a number. I wanted to go somewhere where I would be someone I could make an impact and, and do something in a positive way. And so that's why I chose something that wasn't too big and wasn't too small. And I think that's the same way, the same thing that people, you know, look upon here at our, our breeding association. Well, tell me about some projects you've got going that you're excited about. Oh gosh. Yeah. There's a lot of projects that we're working on, um, but, but two really get me excited. And so one is this marketing, I call it the Marcom, the marketing and communications part of what we do as an association. Um, you're, you're probably familiar in, to our members that are listening. You know, over the, I guess it was last year, we really uh, decided to, to kind of put our flag and our funds in the progressive cattlemen and use that as a vehicle to kind of put our breed out there to, you know, the readership that they have. And this year, you know, we decided to do something a little bit different. And so we're kind of reevaluating and investigating what we can do with those dollars, but also how can we take our overall communication strategy and make it more comprehensive and more integrated and not as fragmented? And so what I mean by that is we've got a lot of different ways that we communicate. You know, we use social media and Facebook. We use our magazine or journal. Um, we use our website and, and probably some other things I'm, I'm not mentioning here, but they're all, you know, maybe, uh, coordinated and over, you know, overseen by different people. And so then it, you as a member, you may be contacted by several different people to either, you know, be a sponsor for this or that, or do you want to advertise here or not? And, you know, how do we just 
roll those into a more comprehensive and more centralized, you know, way of communicating. And when you do that, then there's more strategy behind it. Not to say that what we're doing is bad, but you know, how can we do it better? And so I think there's a way to do that. So we have a committee that uh, last year was um, split. And now we decided this year and and talking to Rod is, you know, how could we bring that together? I think there's a lot of synergy and it makes a lot of sense to have, you know, our magazine committee be, you know, magazine, social media, website, advertising, all that together so that we could have, again, a more comprehensive look. And so that committee, if you're interested in that, you know, Jen and Charlie are leading that effort. And so then, you know, how do we roll up our sleeves and say, okay, what's, you know, what are other associations doing? What makes the most sense for us? And then what do we, you know, how do we make that ABHA branded? Um, because not, it's not a one size fits all approach, but, you know, I believe there's always probably a better way of doing it. So uh, right now this committee is working on that. And that's very exciting to me because as I talk to members, I know there's two things they're probably most interested in. One is EPDs and the other is our communication and how we're reaching, as I mentioned earlier, kind of, you know, the commercial guy, how are we also reaching the registered? And then, you know, you have the others there, you know, large and small and everywhere in between. And so it's not also going to be a one size fits all. There's going to be different approaches to that. But I think there's just an awesome opportunity to figure out the best way to do that or the best ways to do that. And how can we do it in a more strategic way? It seems to me like there's some real opportunities there, too, for members to get independent. Not everything has to be coordinated by you or the association. There's been some talk. I've been talking with some other members about how great Cattlemen's Congress has been. But what if we branched out and started looking at like National Western as well now that they're up and running again? There's just some different opportunities there. You've got Carlo shows or pen shows and things that hit more of that commercial customer audience that some people are aiming for. So let's put one together. Let's see if we can get enough breeders to really put together an awesome carload. You know, and I would really encourage people to think about their audience or customers and reach out to other members and try to do something. I can guarantee that there are other members out there who would love to get involved in something like that, but they don't have the time to commit or the headcount to do it independently. So let's branch together. I would agree hundred percent. And that actually gave me another idea as we've been talking about involvement and related to communication is, you know, talking to one member, they were telling me, they said, well, you know, I could probably, you get back to your audience that you just talked about or your, you know, your customers. Well, I could probably go to these other events and we do have some state associations, right. That those members go to different farm fests and whatnot. But he said, you know, I probably could go to more things here locally, but I just don't feel like I have the information or the brochures and those kinds of things to best represent the association. And so that, you know, spurred an idea and a thought of, well, wow, maybe we could put a package together that a member could just pick up the phone and call and say, hey, I want to go to this particular event whether it's by themselves or some, with some other members and friends. And we want to represent the breed. We want to make sure that we're known and out there. And I think that's such a great opportunity. So you're right. It doesn't always have to be like an ABHA sponsored thing, but it's how can we help the members be equipped and have the right tools to go represent and be at a place where they can maybe have a banner or two and have the right, you know, promotional materials that they need to hand out to different people that are interested. So there's a lot, lot of opportunities for that. And it's really going to take, you know, people use the word takes a village, right? It really is going to take all of us to go out and do that, to reach the most people. I can't do it by myself. And Jen, you know, Jen can't do it by herself either. It's really going to take as many people as possible. And so one of the questions I got asked by a board member when I interviewed for this position was, what are you going to do with these committees and these volunteers that are involved today? And I don't know necessarily what was, how it was managed in the past. And I don't necessarily, I don't want to say I don't care. I do because I think you want to honor the past, but you want to claim your future. Right. And so uh, I said, well, geez, I mean, you, you got to keep them. I mean, there's no reason to disband any of that or to, you know, squash any, you know, involvement and engagement by members. I mean, so 
we want to you know, use them and empower them and, you know, in a somewhat coordinated fashion to some degree. So, you know, cause we want to make sure that, uh, when you put information out there, that it's consistent, that it's the right, you know, it's the accurate information and all that, but boy, you don't ever want to squash member excitement and involvement and engagement. And so that's so important. So then I'll kind of go to the second thing really quickly. And that is junior nationals. It's not necessarily a project, but it's something that I'm very involved in, in my position. And so that's coming up in June. We're going to Lebanon, Tennessee at the Wilson County Fairgrounds, which is home to the Tennessee State Fair. So it's a, it's a beautiful location. I actually have been there. I judged a show uh, somewhere ago, I think. And um, so I think it's going to be appropriate for uh, our size. We were at Murray State last year and they were very good you know, hosting us, but there was no way we could go there again if we grow. And I really believe we are going to have more cattle there for our junior nationals event. So we kind of outgrew that location, had to find somewhere else to go that could accommodate our size. And, um, you know, we have a lot of members out in the Southeast or in the Midwest. So it's kind of easy to get to the state of Tennessee in that location. And so we've got all our information up on the website for those that are interested in learning more about, again, the dates, the location, hotel block information. Um, if you're, if you've got a, a junior that's interested in applying for our scholarship, you know, that's something that we also do as an association is we give out scholarships to youth. And it's not just for youth that are going to go out to college. It's for the trades as well. So uh, for anyone that wants to continue their education, whether it be at a university or in the trades, you can apply for that scholarships so that's up there. If you have any juniors that want to be a junior board member and kind of you know, get their uh, feet into a leadership position and learning about that and what that's like. Um, we have those applications there as well. We also have our queen and princess applications up on the website. We've got our rules for the show. And of course, we're now accepting entries and um, very uncommon and unusual, but we've already received two families that have put their entries in, even though the deadline is June 1st. So a lot of show families wait to the very end. Uh, I like these people. Yes, they're already in there. So that's super exciting. But for those that are in the area, uh, whether you have children in the Junior Association showing cattle or not, we also need volunteers there. And so there's some opportunities. Um, you know, our Junior National event is not just about showing cattle. We also have leadership contests. So we have, you know, like a public speaking contest. We have a sales talk contest. We've got uh, judging, you know, livestock judging and fitting and all those things. And so we're going, we're going to need judges for those events. And I like to have, you know, whether you're an adult member, again, that have children in the contest or not, you know, we'd love to have your participation. So please come on out or let me know if you're interested in what opportunities are available and we'll connect you. And I would encourage people in the Western half of the country to get their teens involved. I get that getting to Tennessee can be hard. And I get that hauling cattle over there is hard. I really understand that. But there's other things your kids can be doing there, too. Even if you can't haul heifer all the way down to Tennessee, there are other contests and programs that if your kid is a junior member, they can participate in. You can still show at home, but be involved in these other things at nationals if you can't haul a trailer out there. Because those other contests, those are really valuable life skills, too. You're absolutely right. And that's why I said earlier, um, you know, we yeah, are trying to raise and breed and select for better cattle. But in our youth development, it's also to, to really raise better youth that ultimately one day are going to be our leaders. And I know we always talk about this and I won't spend a lot of time about on it. But, you know, for our youth that are listening, you know, we always say that you're the future leaders of tomorrow. But you have so many opportunities to lead today. And so many other young people, younger, same age or older, are watching you and looking up to you. So you have an opportunity to set a good example, to you know put a positive influence on others. And so today you have so much of an opportunity to get involved, to make an impact here at this association and beyond. And so, yeah, we're all about, you know, really raising and growing our next generation. And it's so important. 
Hey everyone, I gotta sneak in here with an ad real quick. Our sponsor is HI Slash Cattle Company. Located in the heart of the Nebraska Sandhills, HI Slash is committed to helping real cattlemen improve their herds with a balanced focus. HI Slash Cattle raises bulls with grit that know how to work, and they've still got a couple of bulls available this year. Those boys came out of extreme drought conditions and are tough as nails. You can find videos and pictures of the ones that are still available up on their Facebook page and at their website, HI Slash Cattle. The slash is spelled out, HI Slash Cattle.com. If you're interested in getting an ad on here or helping to sponsor the Black Hereford Chronicles, I would definitely love to have you. Give me a holler anytime. You can reach out on my personal Facebook page or on the Black Hereford Chronicles page. Thanks, and let's get back into the program. Well, you mentioned EPDs earlier, so let's dig into that. They've been a bit controversial lately, but that's nothing unique by any means to Black Herefords. My husband and I are also in the Angus Association, and it would be a lie to say that everyone over there agrees about EPDs. But it's been brought up with ABHA members lately. There's some concerns about accuracy and where those numbers are coming from and where they're going. Can you update us on what's going on with the EPDs? Yeah, I know you're right. I mean, I think um, it's funny, no matter what the association is, large or small, it's very funny because we all have very similar issues and challenges. And so EPDs, uh, just like you mentioned, the Angus Association and other associations are all trying to, at least the goal is to have the most accurate EPDs, right? Because there are a lot of people out there, members, buyers alike that use EPDs to make buying decisions, right? And, you know, I would say, you know, that's not the only thing you should use, but there are people that do use them. And so you want to make sure they're the most accurate possible. So uh, I want our members to know that our board, you know, we've been monitoring this really for months and we've been working with Neogen, our EPD partner, to try to figure out, you know, how we can make them more accurate. And what we've uncovered. Um, and, and again, it really takes, like I said, a village. It takes a lot of eyes on EPDs because, you know, I can't look at all of them. I don't, I don't you know, I wish I had the time, folks, but I don't. And so, you know, your herds better than anyone. And so as you look through your EPDs and you say, well, Jesus, this doesn't seem to make sense. Then, you know, let me or any of our board members know so that we can provide that feedback to Neogen as we work with them to, you know, get them right, essentially. So let me explain a little bit about what we've done with Neogen. So again, this has been over months, you know, we've been working with them and, and just, you know, we do four quarterly runs. Now, if you're familiar with the AHA and you've got cattle there, they do weekly runs. Um, if, if, uh, that's what I've been told. So it's going to be different, right? Um, those numbers are updating um, weekly. Uh, and then if there's more progeny and stuff like that, it makes an impact. I'm going to pause you there for one second and just add here that because our operation, because we're Angus members, yes, they update weekly, but every time I have to enter data, whether it's birth weight, weaning weights, whatever, I have to pay a fee. I have to pay to enter that data into Angus. So I think that's something ABHA members need to know. Yeah, others run their numbers weekly, but there's a cost associated with that. Wow. Wow. Everything's a give and take. Right. Right. Yeah. Nothing's free. So we've got quarterly runs and our last run was at the end of the year and the calendar year. And we were supposed to do a run in February and we paused that. And the reason why was because we saw that there were, I guess I'll say enough issues to where we just weren't comfortable paying another, you know, $2,500 just to have a run. And I'll say, you know, for you members that maybe are frustrated by that, I hear you, you know, we hear you, but we didn't want to just spend your association money to just produce a run. So what we're trying to do is work with Neogen to get this as accurate as we can to then do a run as we continue to work on it. Now, so what that means is most recently 
Neogen did what they call is a recalibration effort. So what they did is they reviewed our EPDs. They looked at, you know, adjustments that are being made, those kinds of things to see what, you know, is everything kind of formulated correctly or do they need to make some modifications to that? And so they, they made a couple of tweaks again in their minds that would make it more accurate. The biggest challenge here is in, in Neogen agrees with this and, you know, I don't know if all our board members necessarily do, but you know, that's again, this is about having you know, everybody around the table, whether they agree or they don't, and then we kind of make the best decision going forward. So the biggest challenge that we've uncovered is the need for updating the red Herford EPDs in our system. So you may or may not know this, but you know, when you nominate a bull, you know, to be an approved herd sire. And we just, for example, we put those EPDs or Jennifer does at the, you know, Canyon Association puts those into the, our system for us in the digital beef. Once they've been brought over, they remain stagnant unless someone updates them. They're not automatically updated. So um, we had an update of our red Hereford EPDs done about two years ago. But since then, they have not been updated. And so we're trying to figure out the best way to do that. As you'd imagine, we've got thousands of head of red Herefords in our database. And so that would be quite an effort to get those updated. Um, but we believe it needs to be done. In talking to Neogen, they believe that it should be done at least once a year. I would imagine more ideally if it was done poorly, it'd be even better. But again, it's, it's all about numbers, right? And so we're trying to figure that out. And I think once we figure out how to get that done, then we would be most comfortable doing another run and moving forward. And then you would see a change in your EPDs. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. And we're still talking to Neogen to make sure we understand and we're all on the same page on what that go forward and next step is so that again, we can make the and have the most accurate EPDs possible, but it's a work in progress now. Um, we also know that, you know, we've got sales coming up and all that. So we're trying to get this done in a, you know, as quick of, of a fashion as possible, but we also believe in getting it right. And so it's taking some time. So I apologize if for those of you who are a little frustrated about, oh gosh, you know, you know, why isn't this getting done, you know, quicker or faster? Believe me, we wish we could. We just want to make sure we get it right. Uh, we don't want to be just putting out information that's not as accurate as it should be. And nor do we want to be just throwing money. Uh, at a problem either. So we're, we're definitely conscious and being deliberate about making this, you know, as accurate as possible. So we're still in that effort. So if you do see something that you want to bring to our attention, please do. So that way, you know, what I do is I take all those questions or um, comments and those kinds of things from our members. And then I kind of pull it all together and then I, I take it to Neogen so they can provide a response. That way it's, again, it's coordinated and they're not hearing from a hundred different people. So is there any kind of timeline on when new numbers are expected? Yeah, we're, our goal internally here is to have a, a fresh run that we can hang our hat on and, and be, you know, I guess confident in by the summer, by this summer. So that's, you know, we're a couple months away, but um, it could be sooner than that, but that's, you know, kind of, over under was under promise over deliver. That's kind of, you know, where I'd say is, you know, you would see something by June, July for sure. Hopefully we're before that. Okay. Well, you've talked a lot about the association and the things that excite you. What do you see or what is your vision for the future of American black Herefords? You know, uh, I'm a pretty simple person. I like to boil things down to just make it simple. I think more people can understand simple than complicated. Uh, so that's just how I've always operated. And so um, if I try to articulate you know, what my vision is, I, again, it's, it's very simple. I want us to lead the beef industry because we're a breed made up of the best of both worlds. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there's a reason why people have chosen and have Angus and Red Hereford cattle. Um, the Angus Association registers more animals than all the other associations combined. They're, they're huge. They've also did a very good job of a marketing perspective of making people think that Angus beef is better than anything else, right? 
So there's a lot of things we can learn from them. Um, but, you know, using the Angus and the Hereford, you know, making the black Hereford, it makes the most sense to me in, in this world. Uh, I think putting those two together, um, then you really have something. And so then now it comes down to, as I mentioned earlier, how do we take these great things that we know about our cattle and go out and tell the world. And so this marketing communication effort that we're taking on is extremely important. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, do we want to get there quicker and have you know everything in place tomorrow or today? Yes, but I also believe that everyone involved wants to get it right. And so when you do that, it has to be a deliberate process. Um, but then, you know, when we get to the end of the road there, we go out and we go out with a bang. And so, um, you know, I, I, I want us to lead the industry, you know, and I want people to know uh, us as a black Hereford to choose the black Hereford for the reasons that we know, uh, but that's also going to take data. And so I don't, I want to make sure we, we make a comment about that. Um, you know, we need carcass data. We need, you know, feed bull test data. We need all that stuff to articulate for those. Kind of like we talked about EBDs. You have buyers out there that want to see data. Uh, I know not everybody uh, agrees on, you know, the data and the importance of it. But again, there's no silver bullet. And you have to take everything and provide whatever information people want so they're comfortable in their buying decision. And so each one of those things are a part of that. And so we need that information. We need our, our members to turn it in. Um, I'm working on pulling together a report to show us, you know, and our members of where we're at in terms of what's been submitted and what hasn't. So we know because there are magic numbers out there so that it becomes reliable data to use. And so um, we're working on that. But uh, and then in terms of youth development, you know, I want us to, to have a youth program that, you know, all the youth out across the country as they're trying, if they use this as a, is a decision, you know, for them on what cattle they're going to go ahead and purchase and become a part of their, you know, herd and get started is, wow, that ABHA youth program is the best out there for X, Y, and Z reasons. And so they decide to choose our youth program. And because of that, they choose our cattle as well and vice versa. So, you know, if you have great cattle, people gravitate to that. For the youth out there, if they see a great youth program, you know, they want to be a part of that. And if they're a part of that, then they're going to obviously get involved in this wonderful breed that we have. So um, we have so much opportunity uh, for those that are on the fence and want to get involved or get uh, be a part of really a great thing. Now's the time to do it because um, a lot of people are taking notice and um, we, you still have a chance to just come in here and make a, a significant impact. Um, and I would say for the breeders that we have, they're kind of on the other end of the spectrum. So they're not newbies, but they've been around a long time. This is a way to also leave a lasting legacy uh, for yourselves and your family and your, and your farm. And so um, the opportunities are endless. Well, I'm just really glad you brought up turning in data because for the love people, turn in your data turn in your birth weights, turn in weaning weights, and don't only turn in what you think is the good data because that's just skewing your own program. Just turn it all in. Our EPDs will never get better if we aren't turning in all of the data. Exactly. That's 100% true. So I end every interview with the same question, and I'm excited to hear your answer. What's one thing you would do to improve or to change Black Herefords? Well, I'm going to say two things. Um, you just, have, motto, to, you I just guess. have to. That's my motto. I because I, I see it in two different sides. So I see, you know, for the cattle and then I see, you know, kind of for the association. Yeah. So for the cattle, um, again, I'm going to use my show industry reference because that's one of the ways that like for, for a cattleman's Congress, right, where they had that supreme drive where all the breed champions came together in one ring and you get to see all those breed representatives and you kind of see where you stack up, you know, and again, not to say that, you know, the best, the best were out there, but you kind of just see the playing field 
from that perspective. And so I've always said, and in, in kind of going to these shows and looking at the cattle that I would love to see if we're just talking about our black herd for bull, when we're out there that they're as big bodied, as heavy muscled as the red Herefords are. That's where we need to be. Is there bulls in our programs in the ABHA out there that might match up to that? that just aren't in the show ring, maybe. And there probably are some out there that are bigger muscle, bigger body than what we had in the show ring that day. But I would love to see that. So it's, it's kind of similar to the, uh, the Brahmins when you bring the red and the grays out there. Um, there's people that believe, you know, the gray is the best no matter what. There's some that say, well, the red is. Uh, but you really don't know until you put them out there in, in, a, in, whether in the same pasture or out in, the, in the, the show ring. And you can kind of see for yourself and see, you know, and you kind of see which one checks those boxes, you know, are they good fitted, big fitted? Do they have the right appropriate bone size to match up with the frame? Do they have that length of side, but do they also have the depth of body to give them that whole balance and symmetrical look, but in bulls, man, I mean, females don't have to be the biggest muscled because you're relying on that bull to have that. And I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to have a little bit more balance our cattle. And so I'd love to see that. So essentially to boil it down for the simple minded like me, when you look at that red one out there, you just take that red hide off and you have the black hide and you're like, wow, now we've really gotten somewhere. Um, that's what I'd love to see on the cattle side. On the association side, it's what you just said. We need to turn in our data. I think if we do that, if we said, if we commit to ourselves, now I understand it's dollars and cents and it all comes down to the bottom line. But I truly believe at the end of the day, on the other side, we'll be in a much better place if we get that data in. Again, as you said, you know, good or bad. And when we say good or bad, it's it's all got to be accurate. So <laughs> accurate data, but, you know, if it's lower or higher than you thought, well, we got to get it in. We got to get those, you know, the carcass data in. We got to get, you know, those feed and bull tests and all that stuff for those that, that do those and get that to where we can publish them. And so we need all that data. Um, and, and I'll, and I'll kind of say one more thing really quick here too, is, you know, folks, you know, for those that do sales, you know, we all want everyone to do great on their sales. Um, it only helps the rest of us in our association and everybody's having strong sales and all those things. So, um, what I've really seen in this association is, there's no one out there that won't help someone else. So for our new, new members, you know, reach out to the members that have been around longer and they're going to share those, you know, secrets of the trade and the, you know, what they're doing in their programs because they want to talk about their programs and they want to highlight them and they want to help you be better because if everyone's better then we're all better. And so I've really enjoyed that about our association and our members I really believe that everyone's interested in raising the bar and helping everyone uh, do that because at the end of the day, it really impacts your program too. And so um, continue to do that, you know, for our members that are out there, uh, for those that are new, uh, we'd love to help you get involved. We had a new member come out to our Texas sale. She flew herself out there and she rolled up her sleeves and she jumped right in and helped. And that was awesome. So we have great people here and, um, but we welcome many more. So what a great place to leave it at. I really appreciate you sitting down and visiting with me and filling everyone in on what's going on. Do you want to tell people where they can find you at if you've piqued their interest today? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you can go to blackherford.org. So dot org. Uh, my contact information is there and, and all of our board members' contact information as well. You can find me on Facebook for those that are Facebookers. Uh, I'm on there. Um, some people message me there. Uh, some people email me. Some people call me. Some people text me. So I'm open uh, to all those. Um, just know that uh, when you do Facebook message me, it does intermingle with my personal messages and I get a lot of messages. So, so I'll say this cause I think I offended one member one time cause I didn't respond. It's only probably because it got buried. So 
I'm not offended if you follow, if you follow up with me, like, please do. If you haven't heard from me, it's probably just because it got buried somewhere and it wasn't intentional, but yeah, you can reach out to me in any one of those ways. You can call me at any time. Um, I am a family guy. So if it's at night, I may not answer your call, but I will call you the next day. Or if it's on the weekend, I'd take them as I can. But uh, I promise you, we've got so much opportunity. There's just a lot of excitement and momentum. And uh, there's just not a better time to be a part of this association. So for those of you that are, thank you for being a part of the ABHA. Thank you for all the work that you do to not only promote your programs, but the association. Um, And that's through all your social media posts and comments and likes, um, telling your friends and neighbors about us. Um, you know, we can all do this together and make a big impact and really make this uh, much, much bigger. Um, and, it, and it's just exciting to be a part of it. So thank you for having me on here, Jen. And I really appreciate what you're doing here. I think this is really exciting. Um, for those that like podcasts, I mean, this is just a great opportunity. Well, we've got you on the record now. Everyone's heard it. Bug Ernie and just keep bothering him. He said it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today, Ernie. Thank you very much. Thanks for all you do, Jen. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can get in on the conversation over at our Facebook page at Black Herford Chronicles, where we'd love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget to leave a review wherever you get your podcasts.